sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it is professional wrestling. Welcome aboard. Welcome to Cheap Heat. All right. And as we're doing this, I realize that I want to hold on, see if I can on the fly add something in. I guess I'll start off just by saying all the way in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I'd like to bring in Stack Guy Greg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Great shirt, by the way. Oh, the rated R superstar. Oh yeah, maybe maybe if you were wearing that at WrestleMania, he might have he might have pulled one away from the tribal chief. You know what? It's a great point by you. If I can get this to work, let's see, let's see. so many things. Look at that bass groove right here. That couple of weeks, man. Man, we are going to get to wrestling. There's a lot. We're going to focus mostly outside the ring today. But before we get there, I got to do it. We got to do a few minutes on Shock G of Digital Underground. Now, so... Real quick, and like I said, hopefully the people who are here are true Peckerheads who are along for the ride, regardless of what that ride entails. And I feel that most of you are. So I want to give a little bit. If you may have heard, Shock G of Digital Underground passed away. And um, I just want to point out what a musical genius this man was. I mean, there's there's a reason why this fits in so well to talk about on a wrestling podcast. Because the fact that Shock G also played the character Humpty Hump. I didn't know that for a while, too. Well, that's the thing. He kept he kept the character so close to the vest that I believe one of the reasons that there are not a lot of interviews with him to this day are because, you know, he really took that character, you know, I'm not saying he took the character seriously, but he, he took the, he took the idea that they were separate people very seriously. So like you could not, you could not break that. He did not break kayfabe. Like I, I saw one video where I saw him, he was being interviewed as himself and he went into Humpty voice for a second but like in general, you know, if you saw Shock G, you didn't see Humpty Hump. 
every once in a while, though, you'd see them together, like a live performance. Right. <laughs> right. He'd come out as Shock G, and if Shock G was performing, you'd see Humpty Hump there, and you'd be like, and for whatever reason, the gimmick that he that he wore, the nose and the glasses, was was so like big that if he pulled it, if he gave the gimmick to someone else who just looked similar to him, it worked it well enough. Yeah, it wasn't just like the the Harpo glasses with the nose disguise that you can get at like a your, you know your five and dime or whatever. Like it was a real. It, it was had like a real. different thing to it, and yeah. so. I want to read you um, something that I saw on his Wikipedia page that I did not know. Um, I, sometimes I'm embarrassed when I find something on a Wikipedia page. But again, so if you guys don't know at all what we're talking about, Digital Underground, who's most famous for that song, The Humpty Dance. Um, but who One of I, the first songs I learned all the words to. And, and, and the first song that I ever heard by them was this song, which is called uh, Do What You Like. Spins around, you recognize this sound. Well, it's the underground. You know that we're down with what you like. Yeah, with, with what, what you like. like. So, and I think the for listeners who might not have known either of those songs, they definitely know I Get Around. So, we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll, and we'll get to I Get Around. But I just want to let people know that they know who we're talking about, even if they don't. Well, by the way, hold on. This is I I don't want to call you out while you're doing an excellent job paying tribute to Shock G. But SUG, there is not one human being on God's green earth who knows I get around, but doesn't know Humpty Dance. <laughs> Listen, no, there might be no, there might be there might, there's not there's not there are lots I, of people. I want to agree with you on that, but you know, sometimes people. So someone's like, "Yo, I love that." I get around by Tupac, and like, yeah, remember when I when Humpty Hump came out? They're like, "Humpty Hump, what's that?" <laughs> there's, there's no one who will admit it, but for those people who are living, I'm secret, glad. If you're the one person who loves I get around, but have never heard the Humpty Dance, shout out to you, first of all. You're, yeah, you're, and this is a safe space. You can admit it. Yeah, and they probably also hate Jericho's run in AEW, and also. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's very SGJ. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so I first heard Do What You Like. That's when most people uh, heard them. And and then we, we Humpty, the, the Humpty characters on that song. And then Humpty Dance comes out and becomes a monster smash. But so he plays the character. And I, I read this on Wikipedia and I loved it. They did a whole character. There's a fictional biography for Humpty Hump. His name's Edward Ellington Humphrey III, former lead singer of Smooth Eddie and the Humpers. He became a rapper after burning his nose in a kitchen accident with a deep fryer. This is, the best, the- this is the best part. On the Wikipedia page, it says, this story was even told by Casey Kasem on his Casey's Top 40 show. Which to me that is... is- the fact it's that, canon. It's, so, it's real. And I looked it up. I looked it up. The Humpty Dance peaked at 11 on the pop charts. So that means for several weeks, it was on. He had to talk about he it. He had to talk <laughs> about it. So I guess he ended up doing the story. I looked for the, the audio of it. I would die to hear it. I couldn't find it. So Humpty Dance becomes a monster smash. But I think the, the, the most culturally, in the long run, the most culturally important thing that probably happened was this. <laughs> Same song from the Nothing to Lose soundtrack. 
which features the first ever appearance of this guy you might be familiar with. Tupac, go ahead and rock Now this. I clown around when I hang around with the underground. Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around. Gas me, and when they pass me, they used to diss me. Harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me. Get some fame, people change, want to live their life high. Same song, can't go wrong if I play the nice guy. Claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong. I remain still the Why same, because it's the same song. And all now, at the time when that comes out, SUG, Tupac is, that's the only way I knew him. That so, yeah. that so now I know who this guy is. He was like a background. He was a dancer. Dancer. If you go look up Humpty Hump live performances, you could see Tupac dancing his ass off. Like he's not a, he wasn't a hype man. He's dancing. He was out there as a dancer. With well, no, the, the hype man and the dancer were two very different things in the eighties, though. Because yeah. remember, Big Daddy King had hype men, but then he also had backup dancers who hit like the routines, and they had steps and choreography. And, so, like, and, you and if you go really watch, couldn't do both. If you go watch live performances of the Humpty Dance, you see Tupac really as a dancer. So when he when he raps, I don't even think I'm putting together that he's a dancer. I, I don't even know who it is. It's just a guy who's with Digital Underground. I loved that verse so much that I wrote it down. I typed it on my old Apple computer and printed it and memorized it, which I still remember every word to this day because of that. And I don't know why that verse stuck out to me so much because it's a cool verse, but I don't know why it resonated so much with me, but it, but it did. He goes on to become Tupac, of course, and then what SGG was, was referencing earlier, which I'm sure many of you know, and I know that real Tupac fans are probably offended by this notion, but... Um, that's okay. This is my all-time favorite Tupac song. Same. Same. Oh yeah. So so it it's amazing, right? And Shock G's featured on the song. But what you may not realize is Shock G is also playing the piano on that song. Yeah, I didn't realize that till years later. And and he played and he produced so many tears by Tupac and he was an ill musician. And like what I love about Digital Underground was how different musically they sound. Like even the even sort of the 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 drums they use like this it's so crazy that just that drum sounds like digital underground or even like the, the yep is in a lot of their songs like people don't realize so here's what's so ill about that The West Coast All-Stars come out with We're All in the Same Gang. It is a it's 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 the West Coast version of Self-Destruction, which was a big song on the East Coast, uh, all against basically black on black crime. That's what right. Self-Destruction's Gun about. Violence. We're all in the same gangs about gangs specifically. So they come out with this gang violence, anti-gang violence song. Everyone's on it. NWA, Hammer, you know, um every West Coast rapper, King T you know, not every, but almost every West Coast rapper at the time. So the illest thing is Digital Underground's featured on the song. It's a serious song. And Shock G and Humpty Hump are both on it together, going back and forth. And to your point, SGG, 
Listen to what they do to the beat in the middle of their verse while Shock G is going back and forth with himself on a serious song. And by the way, they're both in the video. Here you go. I King news that I come to you with the truth. The streets took six more lives overnight, all the result of gang bang stupidity. By the way, you gangsters, you know, one of your victims was a three-year-old girl. Local gang members, you still don't get it, do you? Straight up madness everywhere I look. Used to be a straight A student. That's a crook robbing people just to So let's jump to digital underground. Now I just want to point out when he starts out, he says, I'm in a rage. In a rage. Oh yeah, your why is that G? And then Humpty Hump jumps on and goes, Oh yeah, your why is that G? It's all the same person. In a rage. Oh yeah, your why is that G? Other races. They say we act like rats in a cage. I tried to argue, but wait for it, it SG. We proved them so right, and I got the blue. America. Get busy, Humpty. The red, the white, the blue, and the blue and the red. It's absolutely the white for who's got you doing time. Busting caps on one another. The underground's down for peace among brothers. Kill a black man. What? Yo, what are you retarded? Tell him, Humpty. Yo, do you work for the clan? Do what you like. Unless you like gang banging. Let's see how many brothers leave us hanging. Crazy. Crazy. So that was just a little piece. Had to do 10 minutes on Shock G. We also, you know, uh, Harlem's own Black Rob passed away last week. Yeah. All since we did the podcast, right? Yes. I mean, you were talking. This was after DMX, too. Like, yeah, which the memorial's this weekend. I mean, you talk about Harlem. Iconic. Do you remember when this was out? Yeah, this was everywhere. Everywhere, right? And this was still when Bad Boy was like, it felt untouchable. Like, I thought Black Rob was next. Well, and the thing is, Black Rob also kind of was part of making Puff seem and Bad Boy seem credible again. Because that's yeah. post shiny suit. It's post Biggie. Uh. This was a slept on album cut too. So anyways, rest in peace to Black Rob and, and DMX, of course. You know, we didn't even talk much about DMX on the pod who, you know, in my opinion, has some of the best intro music ever made if you were a wrestler. Mm-hmm. When Tyson came out to fight Lennox Lewis to this. So they say it comes in threes. Hopefully, hopefully that's the three and there's no yeah. more. And uh, man, the whole thing's terrible. Uh, tomorrow at the Barkley Center, big memorial for... Um, DMX, we're actually broadcasting the whole thing on Hot 97 if you're in New York. Um, so anyways, SGJ. But you can get Hot 97 outside of New York, That's right? That's true. There, you can stream it everywhere. It and I, and they're, they're streaming the whole thing on YouTube as well. But if you just wanted to listen to it, you could listen on Hot 97. Stream that wherever. So SGG, outside the ring, what's going on? Um, it was mostly quiet until yesterday. As we reported previously on the podcast, um, there was a, a number of talent was released. Um, Mickey James was among that talent. And then yesterday she tweeted 
what what appeared to be a box that she received from WWE. Inside the box was a trash bag with the uh, yellow piece of tape on it, and her name was written on the tape. Um, and the implication there obviously being that WWE had sent her her stuff in a trash bag, and uh, she was not not happy with that at all. No, um, no. The specific tweet was she directly added Vince McMahon. Yes. it's. I believe it said, um, dear at Vince McMahon, um, I received my care package from WWE, which she also added and tagged on, on Twitter. And that tweet got around very quick. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of scary how fast that tweet made the rounds on social um, leading triple H to tweet um, at one point that the employee responsible for the disrespect was fired. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but actually I bought the tweet. So I'll read it right now. Upon learning of the disrespectful treatment of some of our recently released talent, Received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired and is no longer with WWE. Um, Stephanie McMahon also tweeted a personal apology um, directly to Mickey James. And, you know, I thought that was the end of it. But then there were reports that Mark Carano was, was let go from the company. Um, in relation to this specific incident, um, along with some other WWE um, employees. So I thought some intern (laughs) was going to take the fall and then, you know, be done with it. But this seems to have been been far-reaching in terms of who's taking responsibility. Man. So so is the Carano thing official? Um, I haven't seen WWE tweet out anything about it. Or like you know, put out a press release or anything, but that's what the the reports are saying. Um, it was reported first by Fightful.com, and then it seemed to have made the rounds from there. But um, but yeah, Mark Carano, it's being reported that he was among those let go in connection with this incident. Wow, he has been there a long time. Yes, he has. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, like I said, this to me is just shocking that it went that high up as far as, you know, the, I don't want to use the term punishment, but the, I guess the reaction to this tweet was felt, the ramifications were felt that high up that, you know, Triple H responded on social media. Wow. Stephanie did too. Yeah. Um, Mickey James, I'm embarrassed. You or anyone else would be treated this way. I apologize personally and on behalf of WWE, the person responsible is no longer with the company. Yeah. Uh, wow. So um, they weren't playing. <laughs> so, so, someone else wrote, Maria Canellis wrote, was the person also fired from 2010? This is not the fault of that one individual. It's a company-wide cultural problem. It comes from the top. Jillian Hall. Apparently, I blame the wrong person for my trash bag of ring gear over 10 years ago. She's not with the company anymore. Gail Kim, 
I'm glad Hunter took initiative, but it's been happening since before I was there. It's always the same person. At least they did something, I suppose. CM Punk posts the famous gif of that dude holding a red cup and feeling awkward. Did he also get a trash bag of stuff? Um, I always thought that was, I think I always, when I saw that video from afar, thought it was cam. It is not. It is. It is not. It's, you could see how you think it. Quickly. I, could, I could see the resemblance. It is not cam though. Um, <clears throat> So, I don't know. Listen, how long, the question is, how long had Mark Carano been there? Because it is possible this all goes back to Mark Carano. It is. But then, I mean, to their point, though, if, if, it, if it's not, if, it's, if it predates him, then. You know, you realize the, the interesting thing about it, and there's a lot of things to discuss here with regard to it. But isn't it funny that the really the thing that makes it disrespectful is just is that you put bag. it in the trash bag? Yeah. If you just dropped it in a box with no bag, people might be annoyed that their stuff's like bouncing around, but it's like, all right, it's in a box. It is what it is. (laughs) It's the trash bag. Now, I would like to say one thing in defense of the trash bag. Every move I've ever made in my life (laughs) includes really important items in trash bags. I just want to be, listen, I'm not saying it was right. It was wrong. I'm glad WWE acted on it, and God knows I believe Mickey James deserves the best in life. I, I love her. I'm just saying, I've definitely used the trash bag for important items in my life before. It's not inherently a sign of disrespect, okay? Well, also, I mean, I am glad she got her stuff back. That's another big thing that I guess people are overlooking here. Yeah, they send your stuff back. Hey, that's nice. Hey, by the way, let, let me just type this up. I'm going to send Melter an email. Peter Rosenberg says he's okay with trash bag. He supports <laughs> the trash bag. Wonder how much he has to pay Vince McMahon in order to talk about trash bags. It would listen. It's a mess. I'm glad they're dealing with it. Um, yeah. But man. Because honestly, that's that's what really is needed here, right? It doesn't matter if other companies, A, wouldn't even send your stuff back. And if they did, probably do it in a worse condition. Like, for, the, for them, transparency is big. So for them to have, A, handle this the way they did publicly and then develop some protocol for future release talent about what's going to happen with their gear and how they're going to get it to them, it's a net positive. It sucks that it had to happened to mickey james and it has i mean been some, there are so people long, out there but... sug who are going to call you see like what i just joked about with dave Meltzer saying that i'm supporting this you actually did legit just full spin this into an all-out only positive nah but it's not only positive because like i said a she was disrespected so that's the that's the first big thing right here she felt disrespected but then also that they felt the need to address the disrespect if this had happened to a if this had happened to a black wrestler at AEW, SGG would have been out with a on a picket line. There would have been an actual sign. He would have been marching outside of the headquarters. No, it's true though. Like sell the company, Tony. Enough is Pete, enough. Have you have you ever been fired from a job where you were allowed to bring personal items? I I know no. 
The only situation I've ever had that even relates to stuff and losing a job was when I was fired the last time that I was fired from a job Mm -hmm. was at WJFK back in 2007, you know, a few months before Hot 97 called. And when I got fired, I had their instant replay machine, which I had filled (laughs) up with all my drops. And those instant replays probably cost like... 1500 bucks to two grand of course in retrospect i wish i had money i should have just bought it and taken it but i didn't have collateral but i didn't have money and i got fired a couple weeks past maybe a week past they were like yo we need that replay back i was like get out of here getting no replay back fire me you ain't getting a replay back email we would like the replay back follow-up phone call from somebody else I'm calling on behalf of blah, blah, blah. We understand that you have the instant replay machine. We need that back. I was like, and you know me, I'm, I'm so hot at the time that I'm like, Nick, I don't care. Let them sue me. Yeah, they do. No, they would have, though. I got scared. <laughs> I gave the replay. I, I had to drive it. Yo, the disrespect, too. I had to drive out to Virginia and hand it back, I think. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure that I drove to Virginia and and gave it back properly. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I'm pretty sure. Did you get your stuff back though? Well, well that's the thing. You also just proved yourself to be a bad example because you Terrible. had you had stuff of theirs. Right. All I'm saying is this. I, <laughs> a your story is hilarious. Mm. <laughs> Your story was absolutely hilarious. B, I know people who have not been able to get their stuff back after being employed at a job where they were allowed to bring personal stuff. Like, it ended up in the trash. So I'm glad she got her stuff back. C, it being in the trash bag, just the optics of it, is disrespectful. And she should have taken it with disrespect, which she did. Right. And I'm glad no, there's she, no way not to. There's no way yeah, not to. And I'm glad that she voiced, because if it's like you said, we've traveled with stuff in the trash bag, but also we put it in the trash bag. But if somebody else put my stuff in the it trash bag. It changes everything. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different story. So I'm glad she took it the way she did and addressed it. And I'm glad she put them on the back foot of having to address it. And then going forward, when talent is released, hopefully they don't have to deal with that. Yeah, I, I hope it's a real issue. Um, I'll reserve comment on everything else because I don't know Mark Carano. I don't deal with him at all. And he's he literally never says a word to me in any way whatsoever. And I, it's weird. I, I mean, I'll just be honest. It is weird to me when someone who works with talent doesn't acknowledge me at all. I will say that. I do find that to be like slightly uh, off-putting, I guess. I'd be like, well, you know, I... I'm not a star here, but I am on TV at every pay-per-view. So, yeah. And a champion. That, that, that at least should have won. You know what? Up. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I'm a former champion, for God's sake. And remember, I never, I never got a chance, sadly, to, to appear with what I wanted to be my theme song. Theme music. I remember what it was going to be, everyone. You yes. remember. Yeah. R.I.P. Nipsey. 
Rosenberg. 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 All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life. Is it bad that I love this song so much? And like, and then, and there's such a serious tone to it, especially because Nipsey passed. But for some reason, because we're doing cheap heat, I just thought about this for the first, oh no, for the I'm first say time yes, preemptively. When the when the real drums come in, you know, when when it, the real drums come in, for some reason, it's impossible now for me to not picture Teddy Long doing the dance when he's <laughs> listen, listen. Picture now this song and then Teddy Long walking out when the drum comes in. Here we go. All I can picture is Teddy Long. Rest in peace, Nipsey. So anyways, that's the Mickey James story. Uh, hopefully they get it right. And, and yeah. by the way, Mickey James being gone is just that's still the that's still the kicker of this whole thing that like when you look at that list, there's some people who could have been there forever and should have. Mickey mm. James being one of them, Samoa Joe being another one of them. Um, but yeah, and Mickey James, the- I, I talked to Mickey James last Friday. For a long time about like she had just shown up to NXT to do play by play or or commentary. And so I was talking to her about well, we talked about a lot of stuff on honestly, yo, my off the air, slightly drunk interview with Mickey James was phenomenal. Wish you guys could have heard it because we we literally (laughs) we literally started with her career from the beginning. How How long was it? Half hour. That's good. That's solid. I actually, I actually got to follow up with her because it's weird that then she. Damn, and I took a, I took a dope picture with her too. I forgot. I only took one picture backstage that day. I'm gonna show it to SGG. This is the only. I try to like at WrestleMania at least grab one picture. To to remember the, moment, and now that I've now that I'm there and comfortable, I should be taking more pictures because I don't feel weird taking pictures anymore. Like when I first started the first couple of years, I felt weird taking pictures. And now that I literally have worked there for years, I'm like, I can take pictures when I want. Who cares? No one thinks I'm leaking pictures. But look at this picture, SGJ. Oh, that's dope. And Alexa. <laughs> Bliss with the with her with half the makeup. Half her makeup on, Mickey and myself. Mickey's dope, man. She really does not get the credit for the level of pioneer she is. She upped the division a lot when she showed up there. I asked her a dope question. You know what? I think I feel comfortable revealing this. I said, when you first got there and you're with Trish and you've been working the indies and Trish is like in top, you know, on top of WWE, but you're, you've now been working the indies. I think Dipperstein, who just showed up, probably heard this part of the conversation. No, I don't think you were listening at this point. Dipperstein, I think, was in and out. But I said to her, when you showed up after working the indies, and now you're working with Trish, who's on top of WWE and is like a veteran, were you secretly like, this girl doesn't know how to wrestle as well as I do? Because <sighs> she'd been working, you know, Trish had been working all with this whole diva style the whole, yeah. the whole time, you know, the whole time. And she like, she smiled at me asking it, like putting over that she was already mage, you know, 
But she was like, she was like, I'll say this, you know, Trish taught me a lot about how to really work in front of a camera. She was like, yeah, I knew what I was doing as a wrestler at that point. Like I did, I did already know how to wrestle, but I had no idea how to work on like a stage like that dealing with cameras. I didn't know how to wrestle on TV at all. She was like, and Trish taught me everything. It was, by the way, it was awesome. Dip, I was just telling yeah, SGG. That was a the, crazy question, too. <laughs> I was I was asking, I was, I was telling SGG in the Cheap Heat universe, what a great guy Mickey James is. Oh, uh, you stole my line. I was going to say the conclusion that I came to after speaking to Mickey James for an hour was very simple. What's that? She's a great guy. Yeah, she's <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed great I, I was, um, I was very, I was, oh, I said this to her. I've always wanted to say this to Mickey James, and I never had the opportunity. I was always very impressed with her leg movements. Yeah, I, I know. I remember when you said it. It, it came. It, it, I thought you were weirdo at Jace confirmed. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how to take he, that he question. Her leg movements. I'll tell you because I always thought that her gear, her tassels on her, on her, on her, on her, on her boots. Yeah, were like a really big part of her for some reason. Well, she had. I'm all inter- about the aesthetics, as you know. No, that's that's true. And you, what you're also probably pointing out, and you probably don't even realize this, which makes you in some ways more of a creep, is that you're also probably drawn to it because she wrestled in skirts so often, which is not really a thing. I just felt like every single time she swung her leg with the tassels on them and like the fringes, like it made the kicks and the leg movements in the ring more awesome to watch and more effective. Yeah. Like I, she was really coming down hard on the opponent. But you're you're right though. She did always have an interesting thing going on, either with yeah. either with tassels or like when she was early Mickey James fangirl, she wore a skirt a lot. She always looked different. She just always I, I, kind of looked different. I was I don't know that I would have phrased it like that. Awesome leg movements, but she knew what I meant because I, I sort of explained it. But I I always liked Mickey James. I was always a fan. You know, I I kind of put her. Like her introducing her introduction into the women's roster to me, like sick in my opinion, like signaled sort of a new era. Of uh, a well, that's club. what I was just saying. She yeah, she was she did. was the 100%. very beginning of the new era for women. She really was like because yeah. Trish was part of it with her, but Trish yeah. wasn't doing it on her own. She needed the dance partner. She was a great dance partner for Trish. I mean, I know that's any wrestling fan would agree with that, but um there was something about Mickey James that like she was a she was a very solid in-ring performer and very fun to watch and always did interesting things in the ring and always tried new stuff. Now I do so. need to run I need to run something else past you. It's very important. Nice. SG, SGG and I also talked about that while the we and we're not going to talk about it more. We already talked ad nauseum about the trash bag. But we did I did have to point out I've put beloved items in trash bags before. My whole car is, I'm moving soon. My whole car is filled with trash, trash bags. With the most, by the way, LJNs in trash bags galore. <laughs> I mean, literally, literally. Yeah. There are prized wrestling possessions currently in my garage in garbage bags. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we, we, we figured out it's not about the garbage bag. It's about who puts the who item puts in, in the garbage, garbage bag. bag. Yeah. You don't get to put it in the garbage bag. I put it yeah. in the garbage bag. Okay. Yeah. My garbage is my prerogative. It's exactly. <laughs> exactly. I could, I you, could, I, by the you way. You don't get to call it garbage. I swear to God, the Bret Hart glasses from the screw job have probably been in a garbage bag before. Okay. But they come <laughs> out of the garbage bag. They go to a proper place. They get treated well. Every single night before I go to sleep, I take my Rolex. I throw it in the garbage bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, did we tell the cheap heat audience? I don't remember. Last week, did we, SGG, I know, I think I, I think we told you, I can't, did we tell the audience that the big revelation that Dipperstein had over WrestleMania weekend this year was that he knows nothing about professional wrestling? No. Oh yeah, I don't think we told the audience. He's he's made he he was every conversation he was having because I think this year mm-hmm. here's here's what I think happened this year. Okay, because I'm still here by the way, I don't even know. I'm still sitting at the bar. I don't <laughs> know where you guys are. I've been waiting for you for a week and a half. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Dip hears every time he walks. Every time Dip walks to the bar, it doesn't matter if it's ten o'clock at night or ten a.m. That's right. That's right. I've spent maybe 2,000 to 3,000 raccoons total at the bar in the last... That's true. Gary loves you. So what happened this year, I think, was that because of everything, no one, even though people came to WrestleMania and it was great, generally speaking, no one came to WrestleMania. Generally speaking, no one came. So not so so for dip. First of all, I should this should this I'm sure this is known by the audience because you already love dip and and put him over galore, except for those of you who hate him, which I think are even more mage than those who love him. But we're gonna get to those later too, right? Yeah, yeah, we have mailbag today. I don't know. I don't know if Dip has hate this week, though. Is there new hate? I don't know. I haven't I think he's safe. I think he's safe this week. Uh, But we uh, we can dick for hate. (laughs) But 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 (laughs) dip is 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 very appreciated by the talent for a multitude of reasons but normally on a given year the bar is packed and you know to a certain extent too i think dipperstein you know while you do mingle it up with people once it gets crowded and it's like m words galore everywhere m like like michael just want to be clear once yeah once no hogan's no hogan's no once that crowd is everywhere you know, dip kind of steps back a little bit because you want to give people their space because there's just so many people around. This year, there were no no one was there. So dip was able to be fully ingratiated with talent constantly. So as a result with of these deeper conversations, he learned he knows nothing about professional wrestling. <laughs> I mean, one the truth is once you scratch below the surface. And by the way, I, I admittedly I'm not a professional wrestler. Did you? I don't know if you guys knew that. I've never. I didn't know this. I've never been in the squared circle with an opponent. I've never. You never been, been 24/7 champion. I've never been 24/7 champion. Yeah. I'm oh just saying. God. Once you dig deep enough with uh, an incredible professional wrestler, and you start talking about who you love, who you don't, and why, it becomes a whole different conversation. <laughs> well, and I <laughs> and I learned that the hard way. And I, by the way, there's nothing like being smart and deaf. There's nothing like being smartened up. Mm-hmm. So. Dip is 33 years old, and he was smartened up to the business last week at okay. WrestleMania. I feel Dave only is dead. Keep Meanwhile, it. I haven't watched wrestling since. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I love wrestling. So is there anything major to discuss this week besides what we just did, which was the Mickey James story of it all? I mean, yeah. You mean outside the ring or inside? Anything. Anything. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I thought that the level of wrestling this week, I got to tell you, okay, my new, my new, one of my guys has become Matt Riddle. Oh, you're a, Riddle, you're a real guy. That's right. The matches are becoming 
insane. I mean, the Randy Orton match was amazing. Yeah. The Sheamus match at Mania was amazing. I'm, I'm, I can't stand the backstage bro stuff and whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like he might be the greatest wrestler on the roster right now, in my opinion. By as the far way, as this, that is high, high praise. That is, I mean, it's, it's SGG-like praise, but... In-ring work. I'll say what you want about the bro thing. The backstage with him and Rob Van Dam was the best backstage thing they did all Mania weekend. Yeah, great. because it's the only thing that made sense. It made sense. It just, it was like, who would go with Matt Riddle? Rob Van Dam, put them together. Oh, and let's add in Great Kali for fun. Boom! It was like so simple and so great. So I will say this. I'm not going to go as far as um, dip, but SGG, I agree. Riddle is having his best moment on the main roster. Riddle's, Riddle's having a moment. There's something going on. It's definitely a vote of confidence, right? Because when you name the names that they put him with, on top of giving him the, the United States Championship for a little while. No, he's becoming a thing. By the way, did you guys watch the kickoff show and hear me fighting with those old curmudgeons about Matt Riddle's no lack of boots? <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. I mean, Booker and and Lawler were just crushing Riddle for not wearing shoes. And actually, JBL was on my side. I was like, guys, he, he came from MMA. He doesn't wear boots. And then that makes and, sense as to why, but but I'm ready to see him in boots and knee pads. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, listen, he probably has the stinkiest feet on earth at this point. Or, point. or he has the non-stinkiest feet correct. because it's not in the bit. Yeah, because it's aired out constantly. I'm going to go non-stinky. I want to know if Riddle's feet are less stinky or more stinky in the boots. Who can we ask? I, I'll, less. I'll, I'll find I'm out. I'm going to go less. I'm going to go less too. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. But, but I'm not saying. Also, I mean, Brock, Brock wears boots. Fine. But two things. One. Um, I, yeah, I'd be fine with him wearing boots, but if you go back and watch the kickoff show from night two, just watch it. it it's, it's really funny. And I, I called Booker actually got, they got a little bit of love on Twitter. Cause I was like, I'm not going to lie, Booker. You sound like an old hater right now. <laughs> That's what you sound like because we're, we're nitpicking. I, okay. Yeah. Maybe a boots would be better, but riddles doing something different. You know, at least in the, in the, in the immortal words of Dipperstein, it's something. He's something. It is. He is, is. something. But I, is. I, I like my barefooted wrestlers to be more like, um, damn, I hate to use the word ethnic, but like, you know how Rusev came out and he had the bare feet? Or like if Samoans come out with bare yeah, feet. Yeah, the, the like, Samoans too. But I don't like, I don't like a, just a white American guy with bare feet. Well, the, you're, well, you for the first time are exhibiting real bigotry on this show. You should be ashamed of yourself. Hashtag cancel stack guy Greg. I think, I think he looked Hashtag SGG is over party. Yo, SGG is coming after bros. He needs to be canceled. Um, so any oh we we didn't even talk about Pat McAfee on SmackDown. SGG, what was what were your thoughts? I I thought he did well. I mean, if it's it's hard not to compare him to Adnan. I think they're both doing okay. I think he's doing better, but I think that's also just by virtue of him having been around WWE more and like the ecosystem. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, McAfee knows what he's doing. Like, I I had, I have, my full review of Pat would be mixed from Friday, and I'm going to give him time, obviously. I would say, though, immediately, you're like, he knows what he's doing. He fits yeah. here. I mean, honestly, it's the perfect role for him. You know, and like, I say that with... 
You know, I'm, I'm tired. I, I want to be just fully transparent because anytime I mention McAfee, like I mentioned him on the K show, giving him props and someone writes me and is like, oh, you sound jealous. All I did was give him props. By the way, let me just be open because I am. Hold on. I am jealous. I am 100 percent jealous. I mean, do I know if I could actually even do that job physically? Am I capable of it with my schedule, et cetera? I doubt it, but am I jealous? A thousand percent. That they means, put Thunderdome in New York City, you could do it. it that's true. If, if it was in if the Thunderdome was in New York weekly forever, I 100% could do it. By the way, not really. Because guess what? You have to be in production <laughs> meetings all day. I, I couldn't okay. even be in production meetings. Okay, can I, can I intervene here? Well, hold on. Let me just finish my one thing and then you can. That... You, th- these are two separate things. You can be jealous and admire someone's opportunity and also go, they nailed it. He's the exact right person for the job. Will he be great at it? We will only know over time. But I saw yeah. enough on Friday to believe he could be. My only critique would be to scale it back a little bit. He does one thing, Pat, and he's a relatively new broadcaster. Occasionally, you have to shut up and allow your character to mean more when you talk. But in terms of knowing what he's doing, Pat has all the tools to do it. I'm sorry, Dip. Go ahead. As your agent, you don't have time to do this. Okay, (laughs) So it's not happening and uh, you're going to do what you do. I know I do have the I have to say I do have the dream gig. Pat's job. This is the the, yeah. My gig is the. I am so grateful, and I have superstars who have told me, like, dude, you live the life. You do whatever you want. You show up here once a month and just work and go home. What is this? Like, Pat has to do a real, I can't yeah. even tell you, the job. The job Adnan is trying to learn right now. Guys, I went down to Florida in 2018 to the May Young Classic, that time when I saw Rhea Ripley for the first time when she showed up. That weekend, I went down there. And hung out in the PC for a day with Tom and Vic Joseph. And we called matches on the monitor. And was I capable of doing it right away? Yeah, of course I got around it. This is what I do. It is so hard. Like I would say something and then Tom would correct me or Vic would correct me on why that is not the way you can do that. Guys, Pat McAfee is being allowed, at least it appears, enough leash to really act kind of like an old-fashioned, ish-talking Jesse the Body Bobby Heenan. To do Adnan's job, that job now has to be done an exact specific specific way that's borderline impossible. It is a hard job. I've got to tell you, the the, the thing I'm always most impressed by is when they know, when, when they call a move that's like an obscure move like, 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 um, Excalibur does this really well. Oh, well, no one's better than Excalibur at it. It's crazy. It's like, um, a, a, a tiger suplex. I'm like, oh, like, no, you know, like, uh, I, I, I told, I double talk, under, could, you know, double underhook DDT. Like, I, I, I talked like, to Adnan this week. Yeah. And I said to him, I hope I'm not talking out of school by saying this. I said, don't call out moves. Let Graves do it. You do not need to do that. It doesn't do anything for you. All it's going to do, if you try to do it, no one's going to be impressed. And when you mess up, you're going to get called out for it. Yeah, that's good. Do nothing. Just handle all the business you have to handle. Let Graves and Byron, two wrestlers, call out the wrestling moves. You do not have to do that. Yeah, that was great great advice. And, And the reason stated being exactly perfect because... 
like you said, if he gets it right, no, no one's gonna be like, oh wow, he knew what a whatever it was a tiger suplex, dragon suplex, or whatever it is was. I couldn't and if call he gets out it wrong at all, and I watch just, wrestling constantly. If he gets I mean, it wrong, though, he's gonna get panned, no matter how obscure the move is. Yo, when I get like, one hip hop thing wrong on 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 hot, when I when I'm like, did that song come out in '91? And they're like, no, it was '93. I get crushed for it. Every other day of the week, I make zero mistakes on hip hop facts ever. You make and one. So. What do you say? <laughs> and rightly so. I get buried. Pete Rosenberg is over party. So um, it's not worth the risk. Can I, I'll tell you another thing just to change subjects for a second. The Kyle O'Reilly Cameron Grimes work this week. I didn't see a, didn't see a second. Was it good? Unbelievable. Kyle really? O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly is so mage. Okay. He's, he's, becoming the top guy he ended the show he started the show like he's becoming the top guy on nxt i think it's warranted 100 percent. this guy is the wrestler of the cinch i know he's been around for years and he's finally getting his due in nxt i hated on like breaking up undisputed era and i still think that they should have been on the main roster altogether but watching kyle o'reilly like be like in the like like heel baby face. I don't even, I can't even tell really what he's doing right now, but the in-ring work is like absurd. You have to watch it. It's insane. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I'm due to get back a little. Uh, I'm just getting back in. I'm getting, getting back, back in. in. I'm like, you know what? I was out for a minute on NXT and I felt bad about it emotionally. And so I, well, uh, well you were I, cheating I, on them. I was. And I feel like it's, it, ha- it still has a lot of work to do. I think that it's lacking in stars right now in a major way. I don't consider Finn Balor an NXT person. He was on the main roster for three years, so it is what it is. But I like the Kyle O'Reilly's and the, and the Killer Cross. All these, these guys are like, I think the two of them could potentially carry it into, into the next wave of people. Because... You know, right now, I, those are really it. I mean, I would call them the only... I mean, Velveteen's not there. Um, I mean, Adam Cole is still there. Adam Cole is still there, but there's, there's, there's been so much Adam Cole that, like, I'm fine to see Kyle O'Reilly, like, take the Adam Cole role at NXT. Do you agree? Yeah. I don't think he could take the role, but, like, take the spot. Yeah, yeah, the spot. I meant the spot. Yeah, yeah. I meant the spot. So, I don't know. We don't, we, I know uh, you guys are a little behind on it, but I, I just wanted to mention the Kyle O'Reilly work. Is, is I'm, I'm very complimentary this week, by the way. How was AEW, too? I know I saw you uh, texting about it. Um, I thought the Jungle Boy uh, Darby Allen match was, I mean, the highest. I mean, you're not – it's very good. Yeah, because that's the one that I've been seeing a lot of people – like, I've seen only high praise for it. What was the only other one I texted about? Um, um, Ricky Starks. Yeah, the um, the uh, it was Ricky Starks, and uh, of course I can't now. I can't even remember who it was. Um, That's because Ricky Starks is a star. <laughs> uh, it was Hangman. Ricky Starks and Hangman Page. I mean, you're getting real stuff. I mean, that, that stuff was whew. Hangman's Mage. Hangman Mage. Oh. Hangman Mage. Ooh, that's something. Oh, something just happened. That hits different. Hold on. Mail. Michael says, "Hey guys, I'll keep it short and sweet." Pete, what's it going to take for you to give up the screw job glasses when Brett knocks on your door? Stay mage, guys. Mike, Brett ain't getting them glasses back. Yeah, I don't know that Brett would want them. If if I guess what he wants them. You think he does? I don't think he wants. I don't think he does. He'll take them. He'll burn them. 
He <laughs> now if they if they sent someone if they if they said they legitimately needed the glasses, they wanted them. I would say, let me go to the warehouse again, dig around some more, find some never worn shirts. And if I found like a box of never worn shirts from the eighties and I could take like the box, the box, the box, then I'd consider a trade. If they found a Haku LJN in the packaging, maybe you take that from me. Sure. And I trade the glasses. Also, also how, how have you not arranged the tour of the warehouse for us? I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do You want to do that sometime? We should do yes, that. Yes, I would love. I would love. Dip, uh, have you been to the warehouse? Oh, has he been? Uh, how have you not arranged a tour of the warehouse for me, then, I should say? <laughs> Dip came to town practically just for it. It was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, my God. Um, I, yeah. What, what's most fascinating, the most fascinating thing there. Can I see, talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird to answer your I can't because they showed it on TV. The most incredible thing at the warehouse, in my opinion, it's not the caskets. I mean, it's all it's all mage. It's not the caskets. It's not the banners from all the ring aprons and all this stuff. Okay, all that stuff's there. The old XFL helmets, like all all this all this fun cool stuff. The old buried alive tombstones. Okay, the coolest thing is when you you walk into like one of the back areas, okay, and you open up like what looks like a library filing cabinet, and on parchment paper, pretty much are all of the old renderings of all the 80s and 90s characters of what they originally were supposed to look that, like. That's it crazy. Is, it, it, I mean, there's pictures of me with my jaw open. I have them on my phone. I recently saw them of me like looking at like what Kane was supposed to look like and what yeah. Bastion Booger was supposed to look like. Oh, like yeah. all oh, these things. I mean, it is... The Bastion Booger rendering of the millennium. It's, it's, the, it's Mark Heaven to look at these renderings my favorite thing my favorite thing is that there's so much there that it's like it's you know ben brown who does a tremendous job there he's he's it's ridiculous that he has this whole place it's like he's a great guy and he's a great guy he's a great guy you saw him last week didn't you yeah he's a great guy so, he's very preoccupied but he's he but we didn't really get the chat well, he, you know guy. you know you know it's wwe so he has two jobs yeah there was a lot of preoccupation he runs he runs the entire warehouse and he's also in uh, talent relations. He's, listen, he's a great guy. So there's a, there's a bit of organized chaos to the whole thing because there's so much. So like he has certain stuff that he's like, oh, you want to see something? Uh, look at this. Reaches in and, and pulls out in a, I mean, it was protected in plastic. The original document of Vince McMahon buying the company from his father. <laughs> Oh my God! It's like the Declaration of Independence. It is. <laughs> Except I'd rather have this. Of course, I would use the Declaration uh, of Independence as a tissue compared to this. Yeah, but like, the, like the magazine. Founding like, of WWE gonna, means more than the founding of. America. Of course, it does. Yeah, I mean, there's no real like, um, like I wanted to see all the action figures and all that, like all the fun, like the stencils from the '90s and like the fun cups and all the fun like '90s merch that they had. Or but um, that's not really what it, what's there. It's the really big stuff and important stuff and stuff that you're like, wow, like there's the Royal Rumble '90 ring apron. 
you know, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like um, well, uh, the, the, the uh, Punjabi prison was there. The prison was leaning against the wall, <laughs> like stuff like that. It was it was very it's Mark Heaven, Mark Heaven. It, it's a great it, SGG. When's your when's uh, the year that you celebrate your birthday again? September. Here's what I'll here's what I'll here's what I'll do. I will take you for your birthday. I I will arrange a tour of the warehouse. But you have to cancel Greg History Month and just have a normal day like everybody else. Well, here's the here's the problem. Oh no, I know what the problem is already. It's the 20th <laughs> yeah. anniversary of 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, if I cancel it, I got nothing. Oh my I, God. I forgot the 20th year anniversary, which by the way, I'm not laughing at the worst event in American yes, history. I'm yeah. laughing at the fact that it's Greg's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reason why I need Greg history week in the first place. Oh, it's weak. It's weak. Yeah. Greg history. Week. By the way, it falls on a weekend this year. SGG. Yeah. But week is a term of art is you know how the $5 foot long is only like four inches or whatever the hell. Right. Week week is a time period between five and eight days and eight five days to 10. okay yeah. got it well i do but believe I, your actual your actual birthday falls on a, a, a saturday this year because my cousin was supposed to get married and i remember looking at the original invitation it's since been changed because of covid and i looked at the invitation the first time and god bless my cousin jeremy i love him to death but i looked at it and i went september 11th 2021 20th, yeah you, really, you wanted to have a party today it's the tw- it's to the day <laughs> 20 20 is the biggest one yet yeah 20 is bigger than 10, right? Yeah, easily. But 20, hold Especially, on. But 25 is the biggest of the three, right? Yeah, because then it's, it's going to start to go downhill after that, I think. By but the then way. when you get to 50, it'll go back up. This is, like, by, by the way, this is not just for morbid days like 9 11. This is wedding anniversaries, too. The anniversary yeah, numbers that matter, 20 is big. So, yeah, SGG, yeah. maybe this year is the good birthday to do it. Yeah. This, this is the one. How could you test up? How are you even turning down even the possibility of this SGG? You're going. I'm not. I'm, I'm no, flying I'm not. in. Go with you. I'm flying in. I'm flying in. I'm flying. In. I'm going. No, yeah, I'm going 100. Uh, yeah. I just don't know if I can if I can cancel Greg History Week for it because <laughs> the 20 year I need to make up ground again. I, I, let me tell you, I might kick your ass in the practice ring. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I might kick your we'll ass. We'll see. Film it. Film it. Let's go. Well, like I said, I, I and I should let Greg History Week continue because as I've promised, and, I, and one day I'll be proven right, if SGG's marriage goes the way it should go, a loving, beautiful, happy marriage, within five years of right now, Crystal will put the kibosh down and go, enough with the whole week of your birthday. I'll give you two days. So I should let you enjoy it while you have it. We should Mary Dipperstein telling uh, telling SGG it's another yeah, thing. Yeah, he married your mother. He's marrying we your mother. We should all have a we should all have a history week. That's true. I mean, listen, I put on a concert for myself named after me. Who am I to talk? Yeah. Let's exactly. go back to the mailbag, shall we? Can I say one more thing m- about m- the m- weekend m- rip m- m- mail? Go. Alistair Black is supposedly filming uh it's on the jerts, is or is filming uh backstage segments to come back for his return. So I'm very excited. I hope it, I hope it's against the fiend. But as you know, he's one of my guys. I, I think it will be. Alexa Bliss was her gear at Mania when she turned on the Fiend. Looked, it reminded me a lot of like the Alistair Black gear that he would wear right before he. Oh, um, that would be Mage. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway. Dear Pete and SGG, this week Cody Rhodes claimed in an interview that he never plans to be a heel in AEW. I'm not sure what he meant by this and hope to get your take. Um, 
AEW. I wish he didn't say that. Uh, that's I was, well, that's where I was going to go. AEW uses two main entrances to the ring for the wrestlers, with one side designated for the heels and the other for baby faces. But Cody, you know, I never the, noticed that. What'd you say? <laughs> I never noticed that either. That's dope. I never noticed that. Is that true? <laughs> never noticed in my life. I thought they come out wherever they want. You know, come down here, come down there. That's never. big, if true. But Cody's the only one that comes up from a platform between the two entrances. Given AEW's interest in long-term storytelling, I always figured they did this with Cody to give fans the impression that he played both heel and baby faces and his character would eventually break and use one side or the other rather than the middle. To me, it seems his promos can go either way in terms of heel or babyface. When he talks about himself and his accomplishments, wearing a nice suit, it screams heel, but then most of his actions lean babyface. Do you think there's something to his entrance being in the middle? Um, this is a great message from Tom. Never, I realize I've heard that before about the, the ramp, never noticed it, which is crazy. And I am really mixed. I am annoyed by the Cody character. I think he's such a heel that it's frustrating to me that he's not a heel. But then at the same time, as I'm reading his email, I'm thinking maybe that's just really creative work by Cody to, yeah, to walk this line. And when when I first when you start to read the email, I also was annoyed. I was like, "That's that's dumb of him to even come out and say he'll never be a heel in AEW." But then when he pointed out the little intricate things that they're doing, as far as just the entrances, and it reminds you, you that he's it, working constantly. It's all the work, right? And also, nobody's a heel in their story. And like in in my life story, I am the baby face every time. And even right. if so, even him just saying he never plans to be a heel. I'm fine with because is he ever, no matter what he does, going to come out and say, I was wrong. I was the bad guy. No, he will. He Nobody's ever the heel in this story. Great. So SG, brilliant point by you. Male. Josh says, morning to the most made 24-7 champ in history, the contortionist and Dipperstein. I've heard a few times Dip is a huge fan of the Barbarian. I grew up a few houses down from his family and still keep in contact with his sons. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can make a call or two and get him set up with him directly. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You may have people who can do the same, just saying. Also, being from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, home of Barbarian and the current 24-7 champion, R-Truth, the mage one should invite Truth to lunch or dinner and become a two-time champ as the meal starts. Outstanding. Thanks for the time, Josh. Side note, I listened to the K-Show on the ESPN app for almost a year now. I've recently watched a few clips of the show. I was really confused on which one Michael was and which one was Don. <laughs> um, so Josh, this is wow. I'm forwarding wow. this to Dipperstein. So, Dip, here's my question. This is my end to get Barbarian to the party. The question is. Yeah. I'm going to ask him to kick me in the face. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if for the sake of cheap heat, we should all just take a trip to North Carolina and have dinner with Barbarian. <laughs> I, done. Dip is flying. I'll, there. I'll make the reservation. I, by the way, we could probably get the barbecue of the cinch, have an amazing barbecue meal with Barbarian. Barbarian Q. I, I want to see him just swath food into his mouth. <laughs> now, by the way, he still looks good, right? Yeah, really good. Yeah, so does Warlord. Are they close? Do we know if they're close? They were, uh, I think they are. I mean, they've done a bunch of indie shows together over the years, you know? So we could, by the way, we could make the reconciliation. Somebody, somebody has to ask him if, you know, we got we to gotta arrange it. So maybe when you're making the arrangement, how are you with the, with the Warlord? So SGG, would you be down for a trip to Charlotte for a barbecue with Barbarian? You said barbecue, I'm in. 
<laughs> you had I had you at barbecue. Had me at barbecue. That's what I needed to get hyped for this too. I mean, I love Barbaria, but not like Dip does. Um, I love Barbarian. Victor writes us. Mail. Random thought. After Young Rock ends, and now that every WWE fan has Peacock, y'all should do a segment where you just recommend something good you've been watching on it. Greg can do a little reality show corner thing, and I feel like Dip has obscure 80s movies no movie knowledge. No, he's young. Get that Peacock bag and stay <laughs> mage. What? I'll tell you Why what. Why are you hating on Dip's 80s movie knowledge? He might have something. Because there isn't any. That's why. <laughs> Dip doesn't watch movies. He watches one thing. It's called wrestling. And he, and he found out he knows nothing about that either. <laughs> Dip knows. Let me tell you something. Dip knows everything about the movie business. Everything. Then he knows a lot. Uh, uh, more than anyone as a fan of wrestling. I mean, he's in the conversation with the lunatics like Linder and you know, psychopaths, shoemaker, fan knowledge. Besides those two things, he knows nothing about anything. He can't get you a car. He doesn't know anything about sports. He hasn't watched a movie in years. You <laughs> can change a tire. I, mean, change I a can't tire. Wait to watch yeah, Mortal right. Kombat. Mortal Kombat, I will see this weekend a thousand percent. Yeah. Those first seven you. minutes were mage. I hope it's as corny and gory as they, I love it. It, it looks great. Okay. It's wrestling adjacent. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to take Natalie to see it. She is. So Natalie has this thing that she says that I didn't even realize she was saying from Mortal Kombat. Tell me. Oh, you'll love this. You'll pop for this. When yeah. she gets frustrated because Rocky, her dog, doesn't come to her, she goes. Oh, I'm familiar with the dog. Get over yeah. here. She goes, <laughs> get over here. Yeah. <laughs> and I never knew it, it was. Mortal Kombat. Scorpion. A scorpion. And we're, scorpion. We're, we're running the commercial on ESPN, and every day I hear, get over here. And I was like, Natalie, the commercial sounds just like it. That's very funny. That's mage. Oh, that's, that's mage. You know what? I should tell her that we should see the movie this weekend. She'd probably be very excited. Yeah. That's definitely happening. Um, also, I'm, I'm excited. Very rare for me. I'm excited for UFC this weekend. I care about Masvidal Usman, too. And you know I love Thug Rose. And Shang is awesome. So I'm excited for the UFC this weekend. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you th I know what Dip I'm thinks. Not, I'm not going to be able to watch it live. I have, a, I have something. Um, there's something going on. Oh, you're going and going. I'm going and going at Jace tomorrow for sure. Um, By the but, way, Dip uh, and I, I everyone should know, Dip and I have full vaccination. Yes, that's right. Same. You're yeah. full? Yeah, right. I, vaxed, I vaxed that ass up. I'm full. <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's vaxed. I got that from Kaz. Kaz, Kaz said vax that ass up? Yep. <laughs> he's, that's what, he's the first person that I saw. Wow. Wow. That is Just good. brilliant. Shouts to Kaz. Um, so, yeah, you'll be going and going Saturday. All right, let's, let's another mailbag. Um, Matt says to our 24th. Did I already hit the button for this one? I don't remember. I got distracted. M m m m m m mail. To our tw forever 24-7 champion, occasional stack guy Greg, and Dip Flair. We all keep trying to figure out who is going to be the one to take down Roman. But what if no one ever does? He's already on a tear. Some might consider the best heel work of all time. So why not solidify it with a 10-plus year run as champ? Wrestling needs something different, and this would be the main event for the next decade in every wrestling story. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Big, sexy, Matty Ice. I'll tell you this. I do not hate the idea of him Same. being, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can go never loses, 
but never loses the title. He has to get DQ'd. He has to get counted out. You have to have some... You can't just have him pinning people every week for all of time. He's not... It it becomes unrealistic that he's the most dominant wrestler of all time. Even let them them beat him in dominant fashion in a non-title match. That's right. And his thing would be, when the title's on the line, you cannot beat me. I don't care how I do it, but I will never let go of this. Never. By hook as, or by As cook. much as we love Bruno, seven years is, we, we can get that out of here. I, I, I mean, listen, Bruno's a great guy. But, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Bruno guy. Roman Roman could surpass Bruno for me. I know yeah, there are, I think so. I say the same. I know there are people freaking out, like only Andrew Goldstein, if you were to hear it. But, I, I yeah, I'm good with it. I just noticed the beautiful Sam Evans in back of you. Oh, my God. Are you seeing this item? It's gorgeous. It's Guys, if you don't follow Sam Evans, it's he's at Sam underscore Evans underscore art. And I posted him on my Instagram. Not only did he send me the print, the, the painting of my West Side Gun cover, uh, which is it's a great song by a great guy, in case you don't know it. He, he did the cover art for it. And he sent me the the actual painting. Stain on stain on top of stain. I mean, this song is a lot of booms on this song. A lot of booms. So he sent me the art for that, but then I also procured from him the item behind me right now, which is a painting of... Andre, Heenan, Piper, and Hogan in Piper's pit the day Andre turned on Hogan. Maybe. What are you doing with him? I mean, you guys could argue. You can argue. It's just simply the most important moment ever. You can. You don't. Besides the slam, it is the most important moment ever. There's no question. That's it. It's it's yeah. that moment when it all happens. It's right there. And the, and the by the way, changed immediately when that happened. By the way, Jesse is was there too, but he's kind of off to the side. Think about the level of talent that's in that shot, though. Hogan, Andre, from a wrestler standpoint, and then they have Piper and Heenan there also. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I think what people don't realize too about that shot is that the, in terms of like, popularity at that time and just worldwide fame, the biggest wrestler in that shot is not Hogan. It is Andre still, like the most popular, well-known, iconic wrestler at that moment in the 80s. You think Andre still had it up until the slam? Yeah, I do. No. <laughs> it was Princess, Princess Bride, he was everywhere. Hulkamania was huge, but in terms of like pop culture, I mean, you, it's an interesting argument. Sports Illustrated. Did the slam? Did the dude. slam actually kind of push him past Andre in real I, life? I have a hot take on this. They, that is the narrative that wrestling wants you to believe. Right. That that was the that that is the like. But if you take control of the narrative yourself as a fan, the truth is. Andre had been declining for years at that point, and Hogan in, in the ring, in the ring. No, but he even had, but even in, wrestling fans, but in but even in, in popularity, culture? but even in popularity, SGG, 
Andre in 1985. Let's go back two years earlier. Yeah, Andre yeah. in 1985 is not mm-hmm. the global sensation that he is in 1978. No. He's already no, but, passed it. But Hogan is also not the global sensation that Andre is. He's still rising. It's I I listen, you know what's Andre horrible. Andre didn't decline to where Hogan had passed him <laughs> you until know what? they met. You know what's happening here? Uh Dipperstein got smartened up two weeks ago. Now we gotta smarten up SGG. Because this is a work. Hogan had long surpassed him at that point. Like two years he'd surpassed him. I don't think so. Go back and watch so. the highlights of when Hogan's walking in the building. When he came back from the AWA, when he comes back post Rocky three, Hogan is out of here already. But those are all like wrestling highlights, though. We're talking like I'm talking. It, I, out and in that's the so world. hard for us to grade. I just don't know how to grade that. I that's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when the moment would have changed in pop culture. Who's the most famous wrestler in the world to someone who doesn't like wrestling? And they go, oh, I know Andre the Giant. Or they go, oh, I know Hulk Hogan. Although I'll tell you something on the East Coast, at least. That name lasted as Bruno San Martino for a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. True. New Yorkers. You know, like uh, people like my grandparents who my grandfather would sit around and watch wrestling, like sort of ethnic New Yorker immigrants. Mm-hmm. They sat around watching Bruno San Martino, and they... Uh, and, he, and like you said, too, ethnic New York immigrants, because not just Italian, but like... Oh, no, everybody. Puerto Ricans, Jamaicans, Belizeans, Jewish people. They went to the garden, and, and they, they rooted for Bruno San Martino's. <laughs> That's it. By the way, it's true. Everyone, everyone of the... If you are 50 years old currently and and older you know the the name is bruno san martino is it not yeah yeah like like my grandfather old people in their 80s and 70s and 80s even are bruno san martino antonio you know uh antonino rocca or whatever his name yeah (laughs) but this that's that era i know that's way before but you know like that era Can can i tell you what I don't, I don't know. I generally feel like wrestling deaths these days get their due. I don't think Bruno's death got the due it should have gotten like in the outside world for what you're just saying right now. Because it's just, just like everything changed, that shift. Because as big as Bruno was, like you said, like that was regional still. Yeah, know? I guess to some degree it is, it is regional. After after things became global and they went national, then you can expect like a Ric Flair to to really stop time or somebody like that. But before the eighties, uh, all right, guys. So much. I'll tell you what. I, I, I love you. Can both. I give? Can I give? No. Can I give a quick shout out? Go ahead. I want to give a shout out to Darth Vega, aka Luis Vega, for allowing me to purchase his Heart Foundation and Killer Bees LJNs. Thank you very much. I am missing maybe six or seven left. If anyone has a Duggan that's in decent adjacent shape or a, a DiBiase that's in decent adjacent shape or a referee, please let me know. Very important stuff, and I'm glad you covered it. SGG, tremendous work. <laughs> Dipperstein as well, tremendous work. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. We really appreciate all of you. By the way, if you're thinking, I love this podcast, it makes me feel so good. How could I get more of this but like not the exact same thing, but something else that feels similar and feels good, 
Go subscribe to One Ep is Dead wherever you find podcasts. Sife and I are doing, in my opinion, the best work we've ever done on the podcast. Last week, we talked about Illmatic with Q-Tip and Mark Ronson. It's like a casual, it's like this, but hip-hop. So I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I love you both dearly, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I hope that the movie Mortal Kombat matches all your expectations. It, it will. It, it can't not. Same age. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, you guys too. Wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.